So I will preface this by saying this. I have been interested in this topic as evolution with relating to Tao because it is my degree. This is what I graduated from college for. I have a degree in evolutionary, ecological, and organismal biology. Um, specifically relating to mammals and plants. Um, so we'll start with the basics of the Tau anatomy, which a lot of it is covered in the Lieber Xenologist book and Lieber Xenology, I believe is the name of the other one. Um, basics is they have a four-valved heart, kind of like us. However, it does differ in the fact that there are a lot of fatty deposits around the heart. So you, when that one relates to humans in a similar aspect of our liver performs has a lot of those fatty deposits around it. And the Lieber's analogy also notes that it is these fatty deposits are linked into the renal system, which is part of the liver system of filtering wastes outside of the body and how we excrete that waste either through sweat, um, urine, or feces. So they have their heart, which is acting as the basically two organs for the body, the heart and the liver. So it's working much harder than our hearts are. And there's discussion, we had a discussion about how this might possibly be linked to why Tau don't live as long, um, how they only live half, well, not half as, mu half as long as humans, but around the 40 to 60 years that we sometimes see in the books because their heart might be working, well, twice as hard as a human's. Well, that might not be directly correlated, um, it is something to note that may be an interesting topic to look upon. Um, there also, in the Caiaphas Cain books, it talks about how the Tau blood uh, smells bad, which, if it is being used to transport a lot of the waste and acts as part of the renal system, because their heart is, is filtering the blood as it passes through, that could be why the blood smells bad, because it has all these waste compounds in it like we urine smells bad sweat smells like garlic and onion um so and kyphus notes that this blood smells like copper and garlic smell to it so there is a there it is support that fact that their blood is their heart is working as the liver for their body as well um, in the Libra Xenology, it also notes that ha they have vestigial secondary stomachs, which means they're present in their body, but they aren't actually having a function. So it would be that food just kind of passes through it and doesn't do much. Kind of like our appendix just kind of chills out at the end of our intestines, but it doesn't actually do anything. So the stomachs, um, while they don't provide a good uh, diagram of the pathway through the body of the Tau in the dissection picture. It could be that maybe they provide some function that just the lead, the guy d doing the dissection was unable to discern because it appears vestigial. Their hooves um, across many different there's been a few different versions of their hooves and one of the original art pieces they had a, it looked more like a single hoof that was split-toed, kind of like a cow. But a lot more of the recent models of the recent art features the, it's two different toes with kind of the spike in the back. 
Um, their bones are hollow, um, but the structure within the bones, it's kind of like a honeycomb, helps their bones be actually much stronger than they appear. And I was talking with Comsort a little bit about this, but if those bones were to break, it would be very hard for to go through like rehabilitation to get back onto your feet and for that bone to repair because it's not only just breaking the bone it's also breaking those honeycomb structures inside and those would be very hard for the body to repair over time kind of like where if a horse legs break the horses you basically have to put the horse down because it's not going to be able to be a horse they can also see a little bit into the UV and infrared, which I'll get into more later about how that possibly came about and why it may be there. Um, the None of the books really elaborate on that. They're just like, oh, you, the Tau can see a little bit into the UV and a little bit into the infrared. Um, onto the color of the skin. This is from the Six Codex. It depends on his cast. Some casts the... Uh, Earth cast, they usually have darker skin. The air cast, they usually have lighter skin. Um, and it also depends on the set. The And the fire cast also really tend to have the dark, dark is skin. Um, and then it's like earth cast, water cast, ethereal cast, air cast. And depending on how close a tau is to the sun on their plant, like within the system, their skin will also get darker because of that. Uh, like people living on Viorla, they will have much darker skin than those on Borkan. And within one of the steps, specifically Endros, probably said that wrong, um, their skin can also be left slightly mottled. So then this the skin leads into the next topic, which is blood and the color of it. There's been many different discussions on this. There's many different books that have red blood. There's many different books that have blue blood. Currently, the canon answer for the color of the blood was Phil Kelly said it's red because it's easier to paint. However, there's a lot of problems with that. First thing is the skin color of the Tau. The skin are, are the Tau are blue. Um, with humans, our skin has a red pigment to it. We have a warm color for our skin. When you and you can see this because when you take like a bright light, a bright white light specifically, and shine it through your skin, it will turn red because it's shining light through all of your red blood in your capillaries, your arteries, and all your veins. So that's why it, your skin will look red when you shine a light through it. While we can't exactly shine a light through a towel's person's skin. Um, well, if we could, we could just ask them what color their blood was, but their skin is blue, so it tends to lead towards the fact that their skin is partially blue because of the color of their blood. So then, what if their blood is blue? Originally, some of the books that have mentioned about it being blue, they said that it's blue because of cobalt. Um, I believe this is probably because people think cobalt is blue because it, cobalt, the color cobalt blue. But the issue with that is when cobalt is made into the structure to transport oxygen throughout the body, it isn't blue. It can be amber, um, and then when it's deoxygenated, it can be clear with a slight pinkish tone, uh, pinkish tone to it so 
the fact that they called it Cobalt, I think it was in the Kyphus Kane novels that they called it Cobalt Blood, it may they just may have been calling it Cobalt Color, but not actually Cobalt. Sorry about that, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> um, but not actually cobalt. So, um, Guevessa Web, our blood is actually always red. It's only blue because of the way your arteries or arteries are red. Veins are the ones that are, if you like look at your arm, you see the blue lines. Those are your veins. And I swear I always mess this up. Um, but they're blue because of how they just collect light. Like, they just absorb every light but blue, your veins do. So that's why they look blue. But the blood inside is red. Um, and deoxygenated blood is just less... It's like a deeper red compared to oxygenated blood. Um, so, on to how could the Tau blood be blue? In nature, on Earth, the way there's blue blood is with... Oh, okay, yeah. So, Guevessa Webb asked if... Said that our blood isn't red until oxygen hits it, though. Which is a common... Um, not mistake, but... It's a common thing people think before they actually go into it. On to the blue blood in nature... It's present in a few arthropods in nature, and it's called hemocyanin, because it can be blue to cyan-colored. So that color comes from actually copper, because copper, when it's oxygenated, it appears, it can be blue to green, it's called patina, it's the rust on copper. So the a few of the organisms are horseshoe crabs, some octopuses have blue blood, and also emperor scorpions, which the horseshoe crabs and the octopus, they aren't as important in relation to the Tau, but the main thing to look at, while it is a, um, it's not an insect, it's an arachnid, but it's not normally like a mammal, it does have that hemocyanin, the copper blue, the copper based blood that is blue within its system. So this hemocyanin is less efficient at transporting oxygen throughout the body and it's it's cited as being about a quarter efficient and there's a whole discussion you could have about how that could lead to the tau how they're less they're quote-unquote weaker in melee or other physical altercations with humans that could possibly be because there's not as much oxygen going to their muscles in order for them to perform those quick reactions and such. But it's also been stated that the reaction times is because their pupils don't dilate as fast, which that doesn't make sense. It, it would be if your pupils don't dilate as fast, you just, when you go to a different place with different levels of light, it takes you a little bit to adjust, which their black sun filters offset that, but that's, so that's really not an issue anymore. But the whole reaction speed could be caused by also the less overall oxygen present within their bodies because the copper is less efficient at transporting oxygen. However, it is noted that it is less efficient because of the shape of the hemocyanin. So it is possible that since the tau, while they have only been like civilized for 6,000 years, they could have been just present 
um, tribal communities for several thousands of years before that, and even just existing as a different proto-Tau before then. And they slowly could have worked, their evolution could have done its magic and made better shapes for this protein in their body to transport oxygen. So it may not be as efficient as, efficient as our blood is at transporting oxygen, but it's still good at it. And Comsor just asks, is there benefits to blue blood? I know horseshoes crab blood is used for a bench of medical reasons. Yes. So the benefits of blue blood is, at least for ocean dwelling, it's easier, it's more effective in low pressure, cold environments, or like the ocean, but it also is better, it can work better in deserts because it can get really cold in the desert. Tau, the home planet of the Tau, Tau, is... A savanna so while it might not be as cold as a desert there may be some aspects of it that are similar to a desert so it could have been that was why their body kind of adjusted to using the hemocyanin it also is noted that hemocyanin is better at dealing with bacteria and there have been several times where tau are stated as having a strong immune system so it could be just because their body is naturally good at fighting these bacteria and um there is also the other note i believe the tau of endros have been noted as their skin being modeled kind of green which could be the sun kind of reacting with the copper in their blood and causing like a that more green patina look and so that's those are my thoughts on why the Tau would have blue blood. Um, you could say every Tau is a king. Um, yes. Let's see. So does anybody have any specific questions about the Tau blood before I move on to what the Tau may have came from? Evolutionary wise. And I see I have someone typing. So, I say goats. Um, Larshi asks, is, do Tao come from goats or cows? Yes. I'm going to go with... I've been looking at on it a lot, <laughs> a lot of stuff on goats. And I believe that them evolving from some sort of mountain goat is the most likely case. The first thing we can look at is the hooves. While I can't show you pictures, um, well, I, actually, I guess I can post pictures of but the podcast listeners. The shape of a mountain goat's hooves is very similar to a Tao's hoof. They have the two toes and then the little spike where their heel would be. And there's also been several note, notes of Tao that they like to climb. So that may just be an evolutionary holdover of them being mountain, like mountain goat-like animals and wanting to climb the sides of mountains. Um, the hoof shape is extremely similar, but goats are actually part of the Bovidae family, which includes cows. So they would be kind of related to cows, but they're also still different enough. And it still does fit within the whole... Liber Xenology and Liber Xenology is saying they are de um, descended from bovids, 
because goats are bovids. And tau are also actually ruminants, so they will store their food in their like a sec a pouch in their or their chest cavity and then regurgitate it later chew on it to help continue breaking it down swallow it again and that could be that's further kind of expanded on in the libra xenologist because it says they're too they have multiple stomachs so it could just be an evolutionary holdover of them when they were ruminants or if they still are of how they digested food within their organisms. Uh, Larshi just asked, would the honeycomb structure make it easier for the tau to evolve wings like the aircast progenitors supposedly had? Yes. Bec well, there there is the whole um, aspect of the tau, how each of the casts are kind of their own subspecies. It could be that their ancestor did have those honeycomb, the honeycomb bones, and the air cast that had wings they were able to better evolve those and glide upon the air currents of tau using those hollow bones because they'd be lighter and they're um i think it's like a they've been described as a flying squirrel's wings they're not like wings they're kind of just like a glider suit and while there isn't exactly a like we can't examine the bones of an air cast to fire cast. The air cast probably has more hollow bones compared to the other cast because it's noted that most, they also spend most of their time in gravit like low, high orbit uh, orbital stations. They don't like gravity because it hurts their their bodies to be within a gravity well for too long. So they, they're usually in space, so they probably have those honeycomb structures are either weaker or they're thinner or maybe a slightly different structure. Um, as to another side note on mountain goats, they actually raise their kids in communal groups. So when, after the goats, the kids are born, the uh, mother goat will take, or nannies as they're called, they will take all of the goats, or the kid goats, and go off to a group of about 50, um, a group of about 50 goats and raise their kids. All of the billy goats will kind of go do off their own thing. Comsor just asks, if zero-g environments are where the air cast live, would that mean they actually have literally better blood to live in space because of their blood? Yes, actually, because it the hemocyanin is better at transporting in those low-pressure environments, though that kind of raises the question about what pressure do they keep their orbital stations at? Because the whole gravity thing is separate from how the blood works on the whole the pressure aspect, because pressure is just how much air is kind of pushing down at your skin. So maybe... But also maybe not. We just don't have enough information on that because we don't have people living in space that... Well, we do have people living in space, but they're also existing in the same atmosphere that we live in here because it's kind of... It's easier for our bodies that way. Um, I see Larshi is typing. I'm going to do a quick side note, and then I'll go get his question. Um, on to the UV vision aspect of their bodies. So there is one mammal, while it's not a bovid, it is still a ruminant. The reindeer actually has UV vision, and they use it to see lichen 
in the winter as lichen emits UV radiation, and it also helps them see urine or fur of predators to help avoid them. As a site, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but mountain goats will climb the sides of mountains to lick salt and other minerals off the side of mountains to get it into their diet. They're... I'd like to think that the reason that Tau evolved this UV vision was either their ancestors or even in their tribal days, they would climb the sides of mountains to find lichen because goats, as mountain goats do as well, eat lichen, moss, they're herbivores, so they eat stuff like that. Um, I will answer that question in a second. Uh, I lost my train of thought. As they climb these mountains, they may have just done that to get lichen and eat the lichen as well as maybe there's some minerals on their home world that fluoresces or glows under uv light so the sun would shine on the, that light on the minerals and they'd be able to go oh i need that i need like salt or whatever in my diet and they climb the mountain eat the lichen lick the salt then go back down as for the goivesa web just asked since grout Tau can grow hair on top of their heads. Is there any times where Tau have beards? Yes. Uh, we like to joke about it, but Comsword, um, we have this running joke that Tau, Comsword isn't ethereal because he has a neck beard. Because most of the time, the Tau grow their beards, it only grows on the bottom of their chin or where their neck is. And you sh with the ethereal models, you see they'll braid it up into like the long uh, beard that you see. Another fun thing, I, funny thing I just noticed is kind of like a billy goat's little tuft of chin hair. Um, I don't know if you guys seen pictures of it. I'll put one in the chat. Could be like that. Uh, Larshi just asked, could Tao not having those wide see everything around me irises support them evolving into hunter-gatherers, developing eyes better for focusing on one specific area to see prey? So I was actually, as I was doing the research for this, I was looking, I was like, how do I, f it's hard to find pictures of Tau pupils because there's the painted models, sure you can go off of that, and all of the artwork, you can't really see Tau pupils. They may have the wide pupils that let them see everything around me, it's just there hasn't been a lot of notes on it. And even the, let me find the specific Libra's analogy. It says it's similar to humans, um, but it, all it really does is mammalian structure analogous with human eyes. So it is similar to human eyes. So yeah, um, it could be just from them slowly evolving into hunter-gatherers, as you suggested. But... It's hard to say for sure because they were more so, they still were a prey animal even as they were slowly shifting into their early spacefaring days. I don't remember the exact name of the predator, but it was still dangerous to them even after they had gone to space. It'd be like if we had a super bear or like a super lion that even, even now, which we still kind of do have issues with bears and lions, but even now, they're still, like, they go into cities and kill tons of people before we're able to stop them. It'd be like if we... St <laughs> the mosquito bit big. Um, the mosquito's kind of different in that aspect, but it could be like that, yes. 
so it it could also be that their pupils are like that because we had human uh, humans were creating it and it's easier to make them because they have a humanoid shape so give them humanoid eyes that kind of thing and yes as comsword noted they do have the senses the scent sensitivity of a hound so they can see very well goats also have a pretty decent sense of smell and along with the uv light like with reindeer how they can see the urine of furs or predators to avoid them the scent their ability to smell very well would be able to help with them to avoid those predators the the dangerous predators that still would kill them even after they had become a spacefaring race they're also able to see in the infrared so it's possible that they could the infrared evolved for them to avoid predators at night as well because infrared basically is heat vision and if you can see predators that are operating relatively warmer to the rest of the environment around you it's good to see that predator before it eats you and kills you Comsor just asked, could pheromones then just be a different type of communication? Yes. There's nothing direct, there's, there's really nothing in their biology that suggests they use pheromones to mind control. And I will go into that whole thing in just a little bit. Um, but since they smell very well, they probably do use pheromones as a sense of communication. Which there's, an interesting aspect is the Crutes also use pheromones to communicate in some aspect. So there may be some way for them, the Crute and the Tau, to communicate without even needing to speak. And possibly why they may have gotten along so well in the war in the place of the Union, because it's like, we don't even need to speak to understand what needs to happen here. But that's, again, a discussion for another day. On to Larshi just asked, is there literally anything at all fish-like about them that you couldn't attribute to any animal? Really, the whole fish thing comes about, I would say, because they're blue and because they don't have noses. Those are the only aspects that really relate to them not to them being descended from fish. They don't have gills, they have lungs. They have a, they have a lot of organs similar to mammals. So it just doesn't make sense for them to be descended from fish. And I honestly, the whole fish thing is kind of just a meme. On to expanding on the pheromone thing. That really was started because the Libra Xenology book talks about the Q-Oral, um, which is a species that lived in the galactic northwest near the 37th millennium. Um, they allied with the Eldar, though currently unknown. Why, or which Eldar they allied with to help them fight a war. After the war ended, the Eldar requested the Queen of the Kyoral to build a quote-unquote swarm uncorrupted. They declined, but the Eldar snuck in and stole the Queen anyways. So the reason, and that will, that relates to why it's mentioned in the book with the Libra Xenology with the Tau, is because the Kyoral have an organ in the center of their, uh, like, uh, it's like in the back of the Q-Oral, and it's, it, they use it to throw out a bunch of mind-control pheromones. And they, in the book, they say that that's very similar to the... There's no cloaca, actually. Sorry. Um, let me finish this thought first. 
with the pheromone thing, there's the ethereals do have a similar organ in the center of their forehead, but it could also just be it looks similar because the uh, biologist he says this organ this bony little pheromone thing i've seen it before this very week pulled piecemeal from another of my slaughtered pets there let that coincidence be my offering to the bastard inquisitor let him make of it what he will let him leave me for another day um that's that's him talking about when he located that organ in the ethereals and he says it's very similar to the one that Kyoral's back. So then people will think, oh, this is, they, the Eldar stole the Kyoral to create the Tau. But the issue with that is the, they're in different millennia. Like it's supposed, and granted it is supposed, but the Kyoral was stolen in the 37th millennium. The Ethereals arrived near the end of the 36, sorry, in, not near the end, but in the 36th millennium. So there's not, there's no, time there isn't time for them to create that because the tau before the ethereals the tau were around for six thousand years and there's the whole aspect of the tau being abducted and that, that's a whole another thing which will require its own episode because it talks a lot about the origins of the tau but basically the tau do not use pheromones to control each other they just use it to communicate onto Larshi and asking about a cloaca. So, Libra Xenologist says they have genitals very similar to a human's. I'm not going to say any more on that. That's all you get. Nothing else. Um, doesn't say anything about mam mammary glands, Larshi. It just says, oh, if the Quarrel had a cloaca to spread pheromones. Um, they used, they had like this smokestack yeah, it's like a smokestack on their back, if that makes sense. Um, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it's he located a small crystal in a chemical or in the chemical stack on the Kyoral's back. And the thing is, those pheromones, they didn't just work for Kyoral. They worked across species. You don't see the Tau using these, the ethereals, being able to mind control Glevesa or Crude or Vespid. Like, it doesn't work the same way. And why make a... Like, why would... Yeah, that's that's a whole other thing. But they just use the pheromones to communicate is what I've gathered from reading through these books, re reading where the theory originally came from. I think the Magus was just like, I'm done having this guy dissect my animals. Not, not necessarily animals, but dissect my specimens, as he calls them, because he kept all of them in cages. And... He was very he was very biased towards his animals, kind of like they were his pets. Yeah, Imperials do often consider Tau animals. But again, it was just like you're making me kill my pets. Leave me alone. Here's your coincidence that you need to be like, oh, the Tau are using mind control. That's that's the whole conclusion I got from that. Um as that's really all I have towards specific evolutionary aspects. Basically, the Tau are descended from goats. It makes the most sense for them to have blue blood. And the reason for their goats, I've already outlined. Their hooves are similar. Their 
goats do have communal lifestyles when they're raising their kids. Tau raise their kids in communities. Uh, mountain goats don't specifically have the UV lights, but another ruminant does, or not UV lights, but it can see into UV lights. Mountain goats, um, they, they eat lichen. They lick the sides of mountains for salt. The Tau are ruminants like mountain goats. And the Tau have multiple stomachs like goats do. And really, that's it for what I have specifically. Does anyone have any more questions on Tau and biology and possible evolution? I see Laura, she is typing, so I will let them type that out. Thank you for the applause, Calm Sword. I appreciate it. I guess I could invite people to the stage now instead of having them type it out. <laughs> there we go. And then Doom Gron. All right, what's your question? Oh, um, okay. So my question is mostly about um, the fact that supposedly the, for example, the air cast, I've been told, had what you described as squirrel-like wings on, on them before the unification. But as far as I know, they don't in the current 41st, 42nd millennium. Yet interbreeding between castes is forbidden, again, as far as I know. Yet they lost that. Doesn't that mean that the um, that they evolve you know, even further? So the, the current castes are even more biologically uh, distant from one another than they were. So that's, that is a good question. Um, I know there is the whole idea that the stories of the Mon Tao and what the Tao looked like, they could just be stories. So the fact that the Tao cast or the air cast had wings Again, it could just be a story to be like, the aircasts were destined to be in the skies. As for the whole them losing wings aspect, there there is no current that I'm aware of aircast that still has those wings. And it could be maybe when the whole... Oh, the towel almost being wiped out, you maybe had an air cast, the section of air casts that were left, they didn't have as prominent wings within their bodies. So they may have just had smaller wings, so they may have just been more messengers that walked or very occasionally glided. And it's kind of like with our appendix, we don't necessarily know what our appendix did 10,000 years ago but it's still kind of there, which raises the question, why aren't the wings there? And then the whole interbreeding thing. It could be that the they just may have been intercast breeding before. Again, there's just not much notice about, like, to know about the wings of the air cast. Were they actually there? What happened to them? Was there maybe intercast breeding? Possibly. 
maybe there was a weird genetic, um, like a genetic mishap happened and the wings just were not present in a generation of air cast and they're just gone from then on we just simply don't know on that I mean, that makes a lot of sense thanks and then doomgron do you want to say that or do you want me to read it off <laughs> i will just read it off because you already typed it out doomgron asked how do tau mate Probably really similar to humans, because not that GW's lazy, but it just makes the most sense because they're humanoids. That's, that's my best guess on that. And I see... Yeah, they're, they're mammalian. Let me... I don't know why people can't raise their hands. Give me a moment. Uh, stage settings? No. Oh, I, I don't think I can change that setting. One sec. Yeah, Doomgron, basically, you, I think you were late to the conversation, but the Tau, based on a lot of aspects, they probably descended from something similar to a mountain goat. Because based on their hooves, their ruminants, the, the tower ruminants, as goats are, um, just, it's a whole lot of aspects that I, I can get to you in the recording as well as after the fact. Um, and Libra says they're bovid, goats are bovid. Um, Larshi, were you asking why he thought they were amphibian? Okay, yeah. So, uh, sorry, can you hear me, Redrix? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, sorry. I couldn't raise my hand because I think it just assumes that I would just, uh, you know, step on back onto the stage. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I, did, I did have a question just in regards to, um, obviously we don't know very much about, about why the caste system was basically made or why interbreeding is something that is so taboo that even they even follow it in the enclaves. So even without the ethereals being present, it's still stick to um, the, the kind of restrictions on breeding. But could you think of the effects of, like, let's say if the, if the, if the Tau and they, and they seem to have a, uh, an evolutionary track that's a little bit more like dogs, where you can have pretty big, jumps um in in a, at least in appearances uh within like two or three generations what what could potentially be the evolutionary uh benefits of isolating different uh different populations artificially um it's kind of like how certain dogs are better at certain things like you have pointers are better at locating animals you have hound dogs or like dachshunds specifically they were bred to dig out foxes from holes and it could just be something like that where they were isolated to make them better at their different roles uh you have hus like sled dogs they're bred specifically from sled dogs to be sled dogs and a sled dog would not be very good at herding sheep like a shepherd dog or 
Um, there's like certain dogs that are bred to fight bears. A chihuahua, which is just kind of a alert dog, I guess, would not be very good at fighting a bear. <laughs> so it's, it's just kind of things like that where right. e each breed of dog originally had their own purpose. Cool. So that, uh, yeah, that was my question. Thanks. Yeah. Um, does anybody have any other questions? I think you should be able to raise your hand. Also, Comsword just accidentally left the talk <laughs> instead of just going to the audience. Let's see, text voice. Let's see, Larshi is typing again. Would Tau be able to handle more harsh climates than humans due to Tau being a more desert world? So Tau was actually more of a savanna than a desert. I just, I likened the possible aridness of a desert to, that the Emperor Scorpions are in, to a savanna, because savannas are usually pretty arid. Um, but they might be able to handle more harsh, harsh climates because... They're just more, the Libra Xenologist does note them being a little bit more hardy than humans, possibly because just their overall anatomy and their thermal regulation, less water, more extreme temperatures and such, possibly. There isn't a lot on the specific climate of Tau, really, that it was one big continent, really big savanna, and kind of arid. So... Again, there's not a lot of information, but it is possible they might be able to handle more harsh climates than humans without needing assistance. Like, you know how we need, like, big coats to handle really cold weather? Um, that kind of thing. I mean, the Tau basically walk around barefoot all the time. Cause, or they have horseshoes, but it's kind of like that. Alrighty. Have I got any more questions? Okay. Well, with that... Oh, no more questions from Doomgron. Any final thoughts, Calm Sword? I think your mic might be muted. I'm still unable to hear you. You might try to like replug in your headphones in and out real quick.
I think Comsword has died because I cannot hear what you are saying. It's not like you're muted. I think your mic just not be, might not be picking up your. Can you make a sweater out of Tao hair and would it be snuggly? That would probably be like making a sweater out of human hair because their skin is actually like leather. So I guess if you're like really messed up, you could make a leather jacket out of Tao, but your farm idea. You cannot farm Tao. No. Hello? Hello? Okay. How about now? Yeah, we can yeah sorry, that. Discord's just being a monster. No, I just wanted to say that it was an excellent episode. It's just totally awesome. And it's great to hear from somebody like yourself that has like an actual background in this stuff. Um, uh, just really, uh, yeah, no, just Redrick's a fantastic episode. We should get you to do uh, a breakdown of uh, Crute Evolution since there, there's no. actually more. <laughs> there's more. No. no, you don't want you don't That seems like but there's, just there's, hell. <laughs> <laughs> there's more on crude evolution because uh because because crude are like a fan favorite but like yeah yeah i i want to hear what the evolutionary uh benefits are of having like like when they describe crude they say that they just have basically a mouth and, and then and stomach. then uh, and then like a stomach that does everything they regurgitate their babies they don't they don't even have a cloaca they 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 sweat their waist they like um, uh, back rubs. They really like back rubs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, it's been now. Now we know you have a knack for, for uh, the evolutionary sciences. We should we should do a breakdown on everybody. Oh, no. Um, like uh, like what what it would be like to be a space marine and have uh, an acid sack underneath your tongue. <laughs> That probably would not be pleasant. Yeah, probably would be pretty awful. But yeah, I guess. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to have the the last word and, and bring us out? I have no idea what to say for the last word. Um, thank you guys for listening to my long spiel about Tao evolution. I guess. Thank you for the weird questions, uh, Doomgron <laughs> and Larshi. Even though one of you has left, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Stay safe. Thank you. We appreciate you, Redrix. <laughs> well, thanks.